0: Samantha, guess what? What? It's almost our 100th episode, and you know what that means.
1: Special episode time, and also Bigfoot.
0: Yep, Bigfoot. That's right. If you are so inclined and you want to know more information about us, we are going to do a bonus QA episode for you. So be sure to write us in at ReaperGals re- at ReaperTales.com to submit your questions. You can also reach us, mostly Samantha, on our social media at Reaper Tells Podcasts on Facebook and Instagram. We will consider all and any questions as long as they're appropriate. We're not going to tell you our bra sizes. I'm sorry. Anyways, we look forward to our 100th episode and we can't wait to hear from you. Hello, I'm Montana and I'm Samantha. And you're listening to Reaper Tales. And today we're going to tell you about cryptids and we're in person. We are in
1: person (laughs) and we're doing a much better job of being in person. I think this
0: time. (laughs) I think so. But before we get started, Samantha, what are we drinking? We kind of made it up. Yeah. And what did you
1: say we were calling it? Uh, We were calling it Hopper. the, the Leapfrog. Oh, we're going with Leapfrog. Okay so yeah sure and if there's another drink that's called the leapfrog then you know by all means this isn't that. this isn't it so i mixed some tea ice which is made from it's taso passion tea concentrate okay there you go and mixed it with about a shot and a half of this fancy gin that it's, you got it's
0: a pea flower
1: gin and it's like bright blue by the way it's yeah. really pretty color and put a half of a lemon, just juiced it, and then um, a half a can of Sprite, and just
0: mixed it all together. So we're calling and that. It's, leaf. it's quite, it's quite yummy, and it's pretty. It is, it is, it's delicious. Kelsey, so, when you're here, uh, we can't hear you, but you can hear us. So cheers. When you're here, we'll we'll try it. But uh, cheers. <laughs> oh no! Oh, is it truly? <laughs> all right, and, and for anybody who's like watching on the video. Uh, I hope you enjoy our custom mic mount. Yeah, it's a it's my roller skate that is holding the mic up.
1: <laughs> And it's a shoe in between to make the roller skate not move. It's working. And it's our old mic, so. It's working. Sorry if the audio isn't quite to the level it normally is, but, you know, things being what they are. We made yeah. it work. So are you ready to hear about my Krypton? I am because I'm kind of tired of hearing about the
0: title and not knowing anything else. So let's <laughs> go. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to tell you about the Loveland Frogman today. And this is actually, this is in Kelsey's Neck of the Woods, which is funny. You're
1: going to be closer to home than I am, but...
0: Yeah, true. Of course, my resources are going to be in the show notes, so you can check those out. I have too big of a list. We also printed ours out, so you might hear.
1: Also, take a look at the difference between the printing and mine and the printing in montanas cuz hers is about five font sizes
0: bigger. I can't see. I can't see. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's so big. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, I'm blind. My husband printed it out and he was like, "My god, like who is reading this?" And I was like, "That one's mine." <laughs> Why are there 13 pages? <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. All right. So, let me let me tell you about the love lamp frog ma'am. I'm going to take you on a journey today. I have no doubt. Telling you, this is actually one of my favorite cryptids. Uh, Have you ever heard of it? No. Okay. I thought we established this. (laughs) It is the Loveland Frogman. Mm -hmm. To describe what this cryptid looks like, you need not go farther than the description of it. It's a man-sized frog. Okay. It does not leap on all four limbs. It's bipedal. Okay, so for listeners out there, we've covered bipedal before. So it looks like a frog, but stands on
1: two legs. It does. So it's basically an older man.
0: Yes, only... (laughs) Thin thin legs, big old body. (laughs) Later on... No, but. (laughs) Later on, I do like, I'll just go ahead and say it. In some depictions of the frog man, the Loveland frog man, my guy has the donk of... The biggest donkey you've ever seen. Like, he's got a huge booty. So now we're talking about a frog that has a huge ass? Yes. Okay. Just big old butt. All right. The biggest butt you've ever seen. While they may stand on their hind legs like a human, the resemblance stops there. They have the leathery skin, webbed hands, and feet like a normal frog. Some people claim that the cryptid smells like almonds and carries a wand. Why not?
1: Does it also have a wizard's hat?
0: (laughs) And here I wrote... (laughs) A vodka ribbit. Am I right? (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad
1: she found that sound button. (laughs) All right. Listen, the illustrations... Moving on, for the love of all that's holy.
0: The illustrations of this cryptid are, like, insane. It, it it spans like different ones. Like there is actually a sketch of like somebody who has seen it and they went they went and sat with like a sketch artist or somebody who could sketch. I don't know that they were a sketch artist. Somebody who could sketch. They didn't go to the police
1: station and report it and have a professional well, sketch artist, right? We'll again. get to it.
0: They didn't have to go to the police office. Okay. The office of the police. Sure. Either yeah. way. But like in some depictions, it kind of looks like an iguana. But in, in a lot of them, it looks like a frog with just a giant ass. And in one, it looks like he stopped on the, like, the side of the road and just like leaned over uh, like a bridge, which is like. Posing like a yeah, model. Yeah. It, <laughs> Sticking it's, that dock out. It's real weird. And, one, and one of them, he's like riding. He's got his legs over the side of the bridge. So he's just like, yeehaw, bridge, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Yeehaw bridge! You need to write down that sound bite right there. <laughs> Isolate that one. <laughs> someone at some point—this was when I was telling—I was going to tell you about like how big his butt was. I was like, someone at some point drew them with what I can only describe as a peach ass, a juicy thick boy. <laughs> the hams are clapping on this fella. Okay, there's your ringtone. <laughs> So let's let's talk about it. Loveland, Ohio is a city in Hamilton, Claremont, and Warren counties. In the western part of Ohio, the population was only 13,000 in 2020, which is kind of low. It is considered a part of the Cincinnati metro area. So shocked that Kelsey doesn't know about the Loveland Frogman.
1: Loveland. Oh, well. Oh, let's, okay. Let's, well,
0: let's correct the pronunciation. Forgive me. I'm going to keep calling it the Loveland. Oh. <laughs> well. All right, Sorry. Then. No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Loveland. It's Loveland. Sorry. Too upset. Every person. I'm sorry for and making I... the assumption that Kelsey doesn't know who he is, because obviously
1: she, she does. does. She does. She know. does. She, she well, she there. may not know
0: about this cryptid, but do you know about the cryptid? Yes. No. Okay. All right. She doesn't know for anyone who can't. Well, if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll be able to see.
1: (laughs) Kelsey's like, let me just get back to my truly right now. (laughs) We just started this episode and I'm already stressed.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, it's considered a part of the Cincinnati metro area. It is always the city in which our wonderful amphibian friend or friends Because there's multiples of them. and Do we know that they're actually amphibians, though? We don't. But we do have an idea of what they might be. We'll get to it. Okay. Are spotted. Also, I said at the end of this, Kelsey, what the fuck? Simply because Cincinnati. One of the most intriguing cases encountered is that of the Loveland Frogman or Loveland Lizards is the story of these unique creatures in which they begin in, like, May of... Some places say May, some places say April. May of 1955. This was the first recorded sighting. Okay.
1: 1955. That's fairly recent compared to some of the other ones that we've got.
0: Well, there might be a reason for that. Okay. On a lonely stretch of road that runs along the Miami River in Claremont County, just on the outskirts of a small town known as Loveland, Ohio, at approximately 3.30 a.m., a a businessman named Robert Honeycutt claimed to have witnessed three bipedal quasi-reptilian entities congregating by the side of the road. God, I hate it when that happens. Me too. Reptile-like,
1: amphibian-like creatures congregating. I'm trying to get this that's only allowed in churches.
0: Yeah. True. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch what you said over <laughs> uh, Congregations the, of reptiles. <laughs> the man did what any of us would do, and he pulled his car to the side of the road. Well, yeah, because we got to get pictures of that, right? When were cameras admitted? <laughs> Kelsey, don't don't look it up. Oh, uh, so the man pulled the, his car to the side of the road. He wanted to observe these creatures for what do? he do. He estimated to be about three minutes. He watched them. During this time, he noticed that these strange beings stood between three and four feet tall, were covered with gray leathery skin, and had webbed hands and feet. Their most distinguishing characteristic, however, was their distinctly frog-like heads. Which okay, so I can kind of see why you would say frog
1: or like iguana, because the shape is very similar yes. overall. Like kind of in general.
0: And and in the sketch of them, it it does honestly look more like an iguana, because iguanas have like this ridge on their back mm-hmm. that frogs they do, but it's not as distinct as what's depicted in that sketch. It looks like a plate of armor, basically, on the bag. So it could be an iguana. Okay. Iguana man. Sure. Maybe. I don't know. All right. We have enough of those. Let's let's do something unique. He claimed it bore deep wrinkles, where their hair should have been, all that. So it's an amphibian of some sort. Only man size And has a wand. <laughs> and has a wand. <laughs> Minor detail. It's a, it's a frog wizard. Don't understand why we're not getting in. I I, I think I understand now. Just as, as the man was about to steal away, one of the creatures suddenly held what the witness could only describe as a wand. This is where the wand comes in. Above its head. The anonymous source further claimed that sparks spewed out of the end of this device, and he left immediately (laughs) because if like a giant frog is like pointing a stick at me and sparks fly out i'm out (laughs) first off i'm not stopping my guy not back then because there weren't cameras because you know they hadn't been invented yet true true the wizard frog wouldn't be spotted again for decades Okay. (laughs) In In March of 1972, on two separate occasions, two Ohio policemen saw what has become known as the Lublin Frogman. Fortean investigators, Ron Schaffner and Richard Mackey, who interviewed the officers, investigated the incidents. And this is based on a lot of what I'm about to tell you is based on a lot of that, but also other interviews and other things like that, so it's like a compilation of that at about 1 am on March 3rd, 1972, nearly seventeen years after the first report, a police officer who understandably chose to remain anonymous was traveling along Riverside Road heading towards Loveland. and at one point it does tell one of the officers' names well it tells two officers' names, but they're due to the second incident, not the first one.
1: Okay, so this one's anonymous.
0: Yeah. When he saw something that would forever change his life, the officer claimed that he was driving slowly due to the substantial amount of ice on the road when he saw what looked like a dog by the curb. Suddenly, the animal darted in front of the cruiser, forcing the officer to slam on the brakes in order to avoid a potential collision. Once the police cruiser came to a halt, Its headlights fell upon the prone animal. At this point, the officer describes something that seems literally too bizarre to be true. In the span of seconds, this crouched frog-like creature stood on two legs, stared back at the policeman, then scrambled over the guardrail and scurried down the embankment. Finally, disappearing into the Ohio River. But no one this time. There was no one this time. Okay. Maybe he lost his. Maybe he was the Ron Weasley of (laughs) frogman. Oh, sorry. It was a little Miami River, not the Ohio River. Keep Uh, it straight, Kelsey, in in a manner of speaking. As much as you can. (laughs) The officer in question described the creature as being three to four feet tall and weighing in the area of 50 to 75 pounds. So Sophia, maybe maybe it was a child frog. It it didn't have its wand yet. Preteen. Preteen. Yeah. He also claimed that its skin had a leathery texture and that the animal's features resembled those of a frog or lizard. Another officer investigated the scene later that evening. He saw no signs of the creature, but reported that there were distinct scratch marks on the guardrail where the animal purportedly crossed over. So it has nails too? Yeah, that's what I was about to say. So now we've got claws. Yeah, I guess. The second sighting occurred two weeks later, while Officer Mark Matthews had an encounter of his own. So we got two police officers who are now making reports of this. According to the report, Officer Matthews, while driving into Loveland, spotted what he believed to be an injured animal lying on the pavement. These frogs have got to get away from the road. And why are they specifically going after officers? For now. (laughs) Oh, okay. Keep going. (laughs) I guess. Matthews climbed out of his cruiser with the intention of removing the carcass from the already ice-slickened road when the creature abruptly lurched upwards into a crouched position. Taken aback by the frogman's reptilian visage, Matthews unholstered his revolver and took a shot at the creature, which then proceeded to hobble over the side of the road. And step over the guardrail. So He's it's not just, even moving fast to get away. It's just No.
1: Oh, okay, my bad. And you weren't the one to joke with. I get it. I'm leaving.
0: But he wasn't.
1: Frogman
0: was not even attacking this police officer. And like, if this is not <laughs> the officer's just like <laughs> wild westing it. He's like, let's go. What the hell are you? You know what? I don't know. So I'm just gonna shoot. My goodness. All the while keeping a watchful eye on the trigger-happy officer, the oh, yeah. frog, escaped. Matthew's frogman matched the first officer's description down to the last detail, with the exception of a tail, which was absent in the earlier reports. So, and that's what like, a lot of people will say when they're talking about like the Loveland frogman. They'll say, it has to be a frogman. Because it doesn't have a tail. It But iguanas, if their tail gets cut off, it's not like a lizard tail. It does not grow back. Okay. So you're saying in theory it could still be an iguana man. It still could be an iguana man. Okay. So in the years which have followed these events, Officer Matthews has reneged somewhat on his tail. He now claims that the animal in question was nothing more than a large reptile, which escaped from its owner. He further insists that the only reason he shot at the creature was to help confirm a fellow officer's story. A a story which was, of course, being met with predictable skepticism by their superiors. So his whole whole thought... So how is shooting at it going to prove the story? He thought that if he killed the creature and brought it in, they would say, oh yeah, it's a giant iguana. And the whole like narrative behind this and the reason like it gets blown up, quote unquote, according to Matthews, is because he does an interview with somebody who does an entire book on the Loveland Frogman. And in the book, this writer leaves out the fact that during a autopsy, it's not an autopsy, but like an observation of the creature by a vet, they say that it is like an iguana. Okay. But there's no official report of this. Surprise. So, like, is it or isn't it? Who's telling the truth here? And you also have to think, like, you don't want to be known as the police officer who saw a frogman. That might be the only way that you're known, though. And they say
1: no press, like, there's no such thing as bad press because it's still press.
0: Yeah, I guess. So in my mind, I'm just like, of course, he would backpedal on this because he's like, it doesn't matter what he does in his career after that. They're like, oh, the frog guy, man. Yeah.
1: We're (laughs) going to believe the guy that says that he saw frog man. Yeah, exactly. Sure,
0: sure, sure. Oh, uh, I'm being robbed. Can you not? Can you not send that officer? Can you? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Please not the frog man officer. He shot at the frog man and still didn't
1: catch it. And it hobbled away.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Whether or not Matthew's change of heart was inspired by ridicule or the fading memory of an event from which he was 30 years removed, the fact remains that his own testimony counter indicates his later retraction. In a 2001 email interview, Officer Mark Matthews, now retired, explained that the incident was, quote, habitually blown out of proportion, unquote. He stated that, It was and is no monster. It was not leathery or had wet matted fur. It was not three to five feet tall. It did not stand erect. The animal I saw was obviously some type of lizard that someone had as a pet that either got too large for its aquarium, escaped by accident, or they simply got tired of it. It was less than three feet in length, ran across the road, and was probably blinded by my headlights. It presented no aggressive action. Matthews attempted to shoot the creature in an order to back up the account of his partner's sighting a few nights prior. But the lizard escaped, most likely to die from its injuries or from the bitter freezing cold. And yet it still wasn't found. Yeah. So, like, he's saying, like, it escaped, but then he he also, like, said we we killed it we took it in and experts said that it was an iguana but so, we also
1: have no actual proof right of, any of
0: this and the whole reason i shot at it was because if you think about it if you think about it an officer just blindly shooting at something that is not attacking at, attacking you for any means not a, not a good that's idea. not a good look yeah not, not good the last recorded sighting of the Loveland Frogman came in August 2016. Almost a couple decades later, a few mm-hmm. decades later. He's like it.
1: He just shows up every couple decades or so.
0: Yeah, truly. We're due for it, by the way. <laughs> oh, fun. Not another decade. Not another we got player. another decade. At least. This one came from Sam Jacobs and his girlfriend. They were playing Pokemon Go in Cincinnati. Of course. at the hype of Pokemon Go. Well then, how did they know that it wasn't a Pokemon? Fair enough. Just trying to sit there and catch it, and it's just not working. (laughs) So they saw it when they were playing Pokemon Go or whatever. But there's uh, there was doubt around this at the time. They most people probably think these two were looking through their phones at an actual Pokemon, which is what you just said. But the reality of that sighting is that. there was a frogman there. That there was actually a frogman there that day, but it was just another classmate who was dressed up in a frogman suit. <laughs> so that,
1: <laughs> that's what I actually happened. Technically,
0: in 2014, though, before this, a bluegrass musical was written called "Hot Damn," it's a love land frog. Of course, there was. I kind of want to see it too. <laughs> And I'll read out the description to you. Um, something is lurking in Loveland, the Sweetheart of Ohio, where the disappearance of a strange old man has rekindled the hysteria surrounding America's most alluring cryptozoological phenomenon. Why is he alluring now? I don't. Did you see them cheeks?
1: <laughs> oh my bad. Excuse me, I didn't see them. You haven't shown me an image, but I—I I heard your description it was fine
0: join Luke Honeywell and a smoking bluegrass band on a riotous river adventure with Manacle, Moonshires, Crooked Cops, and the last... What is that? Twight? Twite Wee? Twight? Maybe? Twitwee Twightwee? Twightwee. In the Indian, as they rescue Peepaw from the wondrous and elusive Loveland Frogman. There are theories as to what the Loveland Frogman is. A lot of people say it's just a hoax. My favorite theory or like, like, if we're going to go like down the vein of it is actually a creature that exists, that it is a cryptid that exists in the universe. And we're, we're saying all cryptids exist or whatever. A lot of people think that it's a cousin of the lizard man of Skateboard Mm -hmm. Swamp in South Carolina. And if you remember, the lizard man was seen in South Carolina, New Jersey, and Kentucky. And the lovely frog man is in Ohio. So they're saying, like, they're all creatures within this area okay? that are semi-related to each other. Because they're reptiles slash amphibians. Correct. but But they're the size of a human. Also... The skeptical side of of this is to note that in the 50s, like, reptilian-type horrors, movies, were pretty popular. Like, a bunch of them came out in the 50s. So, it was, like, uh, The Creature of the Black L- Lagoon, it that's came out saying. in 1954. So, they're like, mm, maybe it was just, like, hysteria? Yeah, and that's why they're like, uh, maybe all of these... Like reptilian creatures that are human size, man size, are showing up because everybody's seen these movies and they're like, try they see them everywhere now. How would you see that wrong though? Are you are you straight up hallucinating
1: in that situation? Are you seeing a human being and mistaking them for a frog? Cause rude. I mean, like, I, it was... The, okay, fine, mass hysteria, but what are you actually seeing to justify the fact that you think you're seeing a frogman?
0: Like, I, I a don't... A trash can? Th- Whoops. I don't I think... Do that all the time. I don't think it's a hoax. Because I do believe that cryptids are real. I do believe that cryptids are real. But we do have to remember that it was the 50s, and everybody was on drugs. Regardless That's or not of if you thought you were on drugs. You were on drugs. You were on, you were on speed, if you are a woman just didn't know it and then like clung or something to take
1: it down a notch so you could sleep. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, I mean, okay. So now I have a question. Okay. So I read um, a, a comment. Uh, it was like a post on uh Tumblr or something, but somebody said that they thought they saw out of the corner of their eye, a trash can and threw their trash at the trash can. And it turned out to be a person and they were mortified. And somebody commented after it and said, not as mortified as the person who thought they were a trash can that you thought was a trash can. <laughs> So is that worse or better than a person thinking
0: you're Frogman and screaming and running away or shooting at you, which is worse? I don't know, because I think I think initially, like, I would be flattered if somebody thought I was the frog man and I had cheeks like that. But I don't know
1: what what do you think? <laughs> if if we're talking about the one that got shot at, I'd say that was definitely worse. Oh, yeah. Probably. Um. But at least the other one was out of the corner of their eye. And it was just kind of like maybe they were dressed a certain way. So, yeah, it would, I would still think the trash can is worse. Unless I'm being shot at. The shot at is worse. But if we're not talking about that and just straight up mistaken, I would say the trash can. I
0: don't know. If I was the person who was having trash thrown at me, <laughs> I think I would just double down and be like, you finally confirmed what I've always known. <laughs> I'm trashed. <laughs> <laughs> My last theory, my favorite theory of all, is um, the theory about, I don't know that I'm going to say this right, but we're going to go with it, Squamazoic. If you're unfamiliar with Squamazoic. Like me. It is a parallel universe. Of of course it is. I should have known. Of the Earth that is inhabited by giant, vaguely humanoid lizards. And specifically for these sightings, one of the short-faced, big-brained, iguana-type creatures. Obviously. In an article I found on tetzoo.com, it says, quote, On Squamazoic Earth, Squamamates, lizards, snakes, and am- amphibians." So it's like, it's they're they're trying trying to say amphibian beings. Whatever. Okay evolved to dominate the large-body animal fauna of the planet, and heightened intelligence evolved on several occasions. We conclude that the Loveland frog is one of the intelligent American iguanas, presumably one that comes from a point in time somewhere in the future relative to our own position in the timeline. Whether these intelligent parallel universe iguanans have learned to master time travel and hints are deliberately traveling to the 20th century Ohio as part of an exploratory or invasive mission, or whether they are merely falling inadvertently through some sort of interdimensional window, we cannot know. But perhaps we will in time.
1: I think they watched the Time Traveler and came up with this theory <laughs>
0: which you made me watch this last week. <laughs> I I love this theory because there is like at some point I do want to cover it but there is a theory that a lot of like the cryptids that we have in the world are from parallel universes or different like timelines within different interdimensional And then whoops, they fell through. universes. Yes, but it also explains why a lot of people The theory is that we also end up going through these parallel universes sometimes. That's why. And they think that since we find these creatures, these cryptids, in, like, state parks a lot of the times, and people go missing from state parks a lot of times, they think that they're just, like, swapping out beings. Like, accidentally, like, they fall through this interdimensional thing. It's not like a mint thing. But these people who talk about this other interdimensional thing, they're like, no, these these creatures wanted to some of there's like two different sides of it. There's a whole like discord on it. One side's like, no, they're trying to come here. They have these wands. Like it's their they're trying to put a spell on us. They're not like actual wizard ones. They're like technology that we don't fully understand. And which, okay, fair. But also I don't think that's actually true. None of that sounds correct. Maybe but they're aliens. Maybe. They do have that whole theory about the. Because um, we don't know what aliens actually look the like. The lizard people, that most people in politics are lizard people from outer space. And that's that why would we explain a lot. That's why we can't talk about Area 51 or the aliens. And why they know <laughs> nothing about the female
1: reproductive system. True.
0: For anyone who wants to know, in September of every year, there is a Loveland frogman festival just like the lizard man stomp that i went to the Lizardman stomp it was okay um and i can say that i Rave don't review. i don't think that i would actually go to the loveland frogman festival because they kick it off with a 5k which nothing sounds worse to me <laughs> do you have to do the 5k to be a part of all of the rest of it i have no idea once they said 5k i was like i'm out Okay, fair enough. So, yeah, that's the Loveland Frogman. Well, that was a story uh, <laughs> and an experience. Thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate
1: it. I don't have any questions
0: because I don't feel like you could answer any of them. <laughs> I can't. I don't. I I gave you everything I know. I believe it. <laughs> and none of it made sense. No, not any of it. Just, it just, it feels like a fever dream, you know? Like It sounded like one. Yeah, that's what I think that's And I then like when we got so to much. the end
1: of it and you were talking about time travel, I'm like, oh now I see where this came in.
0: Cause we watched the movie the other day and I'm pretty sure that's the day we swapped. I think that's when cryptids. I I think that's when I I said I want to do cryptids because I saw those creatures in the time machine and I was like, you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of the lizard one specific image of the lizard man from the skateboard swap mm-hmm. thing. If you haven't listened to the Lizard Man, that episode is called Get Out of My Swamp. <laughs> I don't remember the number, but it's called Get Out of My Swamp. Uh, and it's one of the numbers. And it's one of the numbers. But I saw those creatures in it, and it reminded me of that. And I was like, oh, man. And then I remembered the Loveland Frogman because I found that specific image on a whole article. Well, I'm glad I'm glad we're now past the the reptiles. For now. You think that's all it
1: is? For now. <laughs> Guilty space. She's she's like, reptiles and amphibians kind of freak me out a little bit more than the mammals do, to be perfectly honest. You know
0: I love frogs. Uh-huh. I, I love frogs. For anyone who doesn't know, at my last residence, I had a frog named Todd the Toad. And he got, we used to like, we, we would get stink bugs in the house. So, Which everybody in that area does. So what my husband would do is he would get all of the stink. Every night he'd go around and he, they'd get around your windows on the inside. So he'd go around to the windows, he'd take an envelope, and he'd scoop them into an envelope. And then we'd go outside and Todd the Toad would be sitting right there and we'd drop the envelope. Waiting for his nightly snack. Yeah, and he'd eat them. And he got so fat that one time I tripped over him and he could not like roll himself. (laughs) I have a video of it. I'll send it to you, Kelsey. He sent the snap to me. (laughs) I'll send you the video. I saved the video. But he was so fat. He could not like roll himself over. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. But every year we had a Todd the Toad that would just be back there and we'd just go and feed him these stink bugs. Pretty sure he had some uh, youngins out there. Oh, yeah. for For sure. For
1: sure. Well, good job. I now know more about that. Reptilian (laughs) cryptids. Yeah, sure. You're welcome. Okay, so are you ready to hear about what I chose? I've never
0: been more ready for anything (laughs) in my life.
1: Okay, so I am going to tell you about the jackalope. So, Kelsey, have you ever heard of the jackalope?
0: Okay. I think I've heard of it, too. It sounds familiar, but I don't know... I don't remember. Buckle up. I don't remember anything right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's probably accurate. So I've got a final one for you. And it's one that I grew up hearing about due to the fact that my mom's family is all from South Dakota. So I heard all about this because it's very prominent in the Midwest. And that's kind of where it originates as well. And like I said, I'm going to tell you about the jackalope. You can often find Lucky Rabbit's feet that obviously came from a jackalope and not any regular rabbit. Just FYI, it was obviously from a jackalope. It's their feet, you can't tell. In gas stations and tourist shops around the Midwest especially, around the Midwest especially, as well as jackalope mounts. Think deer head mounts. So it's the head of a jackalope.
0: Is this like, are these actual creatures? Are we talking
1: about like real things? <laughs> You can find postcards, posters, t-shirts, and some people have even gotten tattoos of the famous creature.
0: They're the ones with the horns? Okay. Okay, I've seen those.
1: I've seen those. But what's the story and lore behind these creatures? I don't know. I'm glad you asked. They're also known as, and there's a lot of different names, so hold on. They're also known as the Jack Hare, Jack-a-Rabbit, Sabertooth Jack, Razor Jack, Bristled Hare, Deer Hare, Thistle Hare, Lion-Rabbit, Anti, anti antilab, rabbit, deer bunny, stag bunny, cerebride (laughs) here. These, I feel like I should be drunk to read these. Boop, oop, a doop deer. That's what I'm (laughs) going to get tattooed on
0: me. Boop, doop, a doop, (laughs) deer.
1: What's it? And warrior rabbit. What is it? Yeah, no, what is it? W-H-A-T-I-Z-Z-I-T-T. That sounds like mountain Speak. <laughs> it is, I'm sure. That's, that's the Kentucky version. <laughs> and warrior rabbit. And it's described as looking like a jackrabbit, except for the fact that there's also antlers protruding from its skull. Casual. <laughs> Casual. Sometimes larger than a normal jackrabbit and sometimes smaller, ranging anywhere from 1 to 10 pounds and at least one story claimed up to 60 pounds. Mm-hmm. And there is also an ancient saber-toothed jack that weighed up to 150 pounds and was ferocious, especially when it was separated from its committee and thus went rogue. That's where I draw the line. The demise of this immense jackalope is variously attributed to the hard winters of the 1880s, loss of habitat due to agricultural expansion, and depletion of the mammoth jackalope's main prey. Obviously, the American bison.
0: No. <laughs> How is it, how is it like 10 pounds? No, this this one was 150. Okay, well, a bison is a, a lot more than that. A lot more than a At that moment that
1: this article lost me. Just, no. In any case, the Douglas Chamber of Commerce informs us, quote, the loss of the giant jackalope has had many positive effects on the areas they once roamed." The buffalo have become begun to come back. Barbed wire fences and wood mills are now safe and women have obtained the right to vote. End quote. Why that has anything to do with anything, I have no idea.
0: Kelsey said a bison is a thousand to two thousand yeah, pounds. Yeah, that's what I was thinking.
1: <laughs> this hundred and fifty. Oh, sorry, I bumped the table. Get mad at me. Um, this hundred and fifty pound jackrabbit obviously could take. I mean, it. I could tear up some bison. <laughs> I'm but sure you could. I'm not no. So you may also wonder how fast a jackalope can run. Well, 40 miles per hour seems to be about as low as any storyteller is willing to go. Many sources are more around the 50 to 60 mile per hour range. And on this article, their favorite answer was that the jackalope runs 90 miles per hour, which it, (laughs) because it's a hybrid of the jackrabbit, which can do around 30 miles per hour, and the pronghorn, which can sprint at an astonishing 60 miles per hour. So obviously, when you have a hybrid, you add those two together to get a total of 90.
0: That's not how averages that work. that's how that works.
1: <laughs> that's not, okay. 30 plus 60 equals 90. Duh, it's easy math. On the other hand, some maintain that the animal is so adept at camouflage that it can render itself invisible and thus rarely needs to employ its speed, however extraordinary that speed may be.
0: It maybe hide. maybe the Loveland Frogman <laughs> met up with the jackalope and was like, "Bro, how how are you doing that? How are you getting invisible? <laughs> I need and to get, need to get me see some of that. Them. Yeah, that's why we don't
1: see them. <laughs> maybe uh, at birth, jackalopes are called bunnies unless they are called <laughs> jackalopeenies or eleverates. Oh no, what'd you call him? <laughs> what'd you call them? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jackalopinis, no, <laughs>
1: please <laughs> don't. Later, later in the li- in life, they are called calves, or in other stories, spikes.
0: They're rabbits. Why are they called calves? They're eating buffalo. <laughs> these, these are amazing eating creatures. Buffalo.
1: Adult males are usually called jakes, while adult females are called does. When were they first discovered? <laughs> I'll get to that. A group of jackalopes may also be called a band, a pack jump flagger dude or
0: a committee these names are ridiculous flagger dude i think it's much Samantha. As a flagger dude no <laughs>
1: <laughs> no two stories represent this information in quite the same way and there is not even a consensus about whether the plural of jackalope is jackalope as it is with deer or jackalopes as it is with bears or Jackalope, as it is with hippopotami. No, they're trying to make it sound scientific. <laughs> Wait, is this not fooling you? It sounds so official. <laughs> I believe in the Loveland Frogman more than I believe in this creature right now. <laughs> Stories indicate that this unusual animal resulted from a cross between a jackrabbit and a pronghorn, like I've previously mentioned, or a hare and a mule deer, or yeah. an antelope jackrabbit and a whitetail deer. Or a jackrabbit and a now extinct pygmy deer, desert deer, or Spanish deer.
0: There was what's funny is like in the Loveland Frogman tale, I didn't put this in there, but there is some people who think that the Loveland Frogman is actually a hybrid of a deer frog. I was like, we're not doing this. <laughs> I, I didn't put it. I didn't put it in there.
1: You missed out. You missed out. I'm telling you, the initial cross species mating may have been produced. May have been produced by two animals trapped together in a cave during a storm, though other accounts abound. One story claims that the rabbit's odd horns are the product of a genetic mutation that occurred approximately 30 million years ago.
0: No. <laughs> it was no. 150 pounds at some point in ate bison. What do you think? Everything back then had wings and feathers. And sounded like cats. (laughs) Why do they sound like cats? They've reconstructed like the sound of what (laughs) things sounded like. (laughs) That explains why they're still around here. Jackalopes certainly do have antlers.
1: um, And in some stories, it's true horns. Though relatively little is known about them. Some say the jackalope is the only animal that sheds only one antler until it has fully grown a replacement after which it sheds the other.
0: Oh, so I thought for a minute, I was like, it starts out as a unicorn and then eventually <laughs> <laughs> it gets a score close. It gets like, it's like, uh, you know what? I'm done with this one because this one's coming in. And then it's like, you know what? I'm done with this one. This is going to I mean, that's not too far off. Right. So this might also be why a jackalope
1: ever is said to enter its den Walking backwards in order to use those horns to protect itself against predators. You know what I think this it is? can run 90 miles an hour and is completely invisible. I don't think it has any predators at this point, but that's just me.
0: I think they just saw like a deer with uh that Prion disease, the mad cow disease. Cause you know, those things get real weird you don't when say. they have that disease. And they're like, why is that deer walking backwards into a cave? And why is it eating the body of something else? <laughs> Deers. <laughs> Maybe it was eating a rabbit. Maybe. And that's where it came from. The, we've solved it. There you go. Podcast. I, ha- I have another theory in here.
1: Um, um, we can retire now. It's also known to have a lovely singing voice. Me in too. fact, if you're around a campfire <laughs> in the wild and you start singing, you will quite possibly hear the jackalope join you for a verse or two. That's no, that's weird. Get, <laughs> that's out, of, weird. get out of my campsite, you weird deer rabbit. According to an article I found from The Current, Michael Branch says, quote, you'll hear people say that the jackalope will harmonize with you by singing the bass part, and that's absurd. The jackalope always harmonizes in trouble, end quote. <laughs>
0: my my fellow human in Christ, <laughs> this is what you're hung up on? <laughs> well, I'm glad he cleared that one up because nothing
1: sounds as terrifying as a jackrabbit with antlers singing bass to a tune. <laughs>
0: What if it's just always been an auto and it just wants <laughs> to be a soprano? I don't know. I think Sorry. the soprano
1: would be worse. There are even some reports that this amazing cryptic can actually throw its voice, making it the only known ventriloquist of the animal kingdom. It's also a master of mimicry, often mimicking coyotes, owls, meadowlarks, and even chainsaws. So now it's a parrot, basically. There was even a report of someone swearing the Jackalope had made the exact sound of his cell phone ringtone. So now we all know that story was fake because who has heard a ringtone oh, like within the last decade, fifteen years, twenty years?
0: Just twenty years. It's, well, it's I, I've lot. heard
1: him. I hang out with a bunch of old people. Ah, uh, well. Maybe this was an old guy. Who knows? Actually, do they, like, know? they, they even t- know what no, their ringtone actually. sounds like really though? He leaves his ringtone on. Oh, uh, okay, fair. It's real loud. It could happen. Apparently, you can attract a jackalope by setting out a bowl of whiskey at night. Me too. (laughs) Whiskey's not enough to entice them to come out drinking during the day, however it has to be at night. Oh, what a prude. Though some say whiskey and milk mixed together is more effective, which sounds
0: amazingly gross. (laughs) (laughs) No. the sound that you just made what if people just started like leaving out bowls of whiskey and it was just they opened their doors just me wearing antlers every time <laughs> get out of here montana <laughs> You show skip, up on the ring skip, doorbell skip, skip. in the middle of the
1: night <laughs> others say nay nay the best bait is wh- whiskey soaked bologna which also sounds really nasty.
0: Actually, you know, somehow
1: I feel like you would be behind it because it's a variation of a hot dog. It doesn't like I love
0: baloney. And I love whiskey. So it's like, no, I don't know. It seems like the not. best of both worlds. I love bologna. Bologna. It's up there for me.
1: One thing that they all agree on is the best bait has something to do with whiskey. So we can all agree on that at least.
0: Yeah, all I'm saying is if you're in the general vicinity of where I live, leave a bowl of whiskey out, you're going to see a jackalope. Okay. Older lore
1: holds that once inebriated, a jackalope believes it can catch bullets with its teeth and thus <laughs> becomes the hunter's prey. <laughs> Me too. This really shouldn't be the Midwest. It should be in the South, I'm telling you. Like, that sounds straight up like something it Sounds that's like it should come from weird. Florida. Yeah, it should. Right, Sorry, Jenny. Jenny. <laughs> most hunters agree it's dangerous to hunt jackalopes and it's said that homesteaders once wore a length of stovepipe on each leg to protect against attacks which i don't know what the stovepipe's really going to do but
0: okay sure weigh them down that's why they weren't running 90 miles an hour <laughs> yeah, obviously
1: <laughs> one reason Duh. why the jackalope is so rare is that it only mates during lightning storms so i'm sure that reduces the number added to the population annually This would also explain why some some of the mysticism and magic uh, surrounds the creature. One would normally think that hunting the rare magical jackalope would be illegal, but there are actually people who have obtained a hunting license for them. No. Quote, depending on which license you're looking at, it will stipulate the day of the year, the time of the day, and the elevation of the hunt. But the details will always end up being something that's impossible, said Branch. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) So you can, but only with these qualifications, which are basically impossible. But you could. So the question is, where do the mounts come from? Somebody's hunting them and selling them. That's true.
0: What if it's, what if, okay, hear me out. What if it's the Loveland Frogman who's hunting them? (laughs) It could be.
1: (laughs) He's branching out. It's not that far away from Ohio. But he's got to have a job somewhere. It's true. And food. And he food. eats them and then sells the hide, maybe. Yeah. They might look like bugs to him. They might. He's, he's a bit bigger than the ones that are out nowadays, so very possible. Well, some frogs actually will eat birds.
0: That's terrifying. So I bet they can eat rabbit-like very creatures. Terrifying to what? <laughs> they do. It's, I know. It's weird. Uh, why do I know this? I don't know. Because you like frogs. Yeah.
1: And hyperfixation. Of course, as Branch alluded to, hunting, let alone catching live jackalopes, is quite the challenge, and he has yet to capture one, which may or may not be due to the fact that it is completely imaginary. But that's really not the point, as he explains in the article and his book, On the Trail of the Jackalope. The whole point is having fun with this furry phenom. Is it? Is this fun? (laughs) You're laughing an awful lot. Maybe it's because you're delirious. (laughs) Delusional. Get it right. (laughs) I intentionally go back and forth to confuse you. (laughs) Which one is it? What does this this word (laughs) mean? It should be clear that the jackalope is a fun hoax and not a harmful con, which is an important distinction in times like these, when one must be wary of what's true and what's not. That's because believing in the jackalope won't hurt you. Quote, in a con, for example, we want to rip somebody off. We want to get their money or their stuff. And the ideal con is one in which that's which it's never exposed, but a hoax exists to be exposed. It doesn't work unless it is exposed. And when you learn the secret, you get to be a part of the group that knows better, and then you get to help fool the next person, said Branch. I think that we absolutely need the life of the imagination, and that we need to be able to find ourselves inhabiting worlds other than the ones we see every day. And I love that what the jackalope, as a trickster and as a hybrid, Sort of operates as a messenger across these worlds from the real to the imaginary. It's thought to have originated during the Depression era around Douglas, Wyoming, when two teenagers, and some articles said kind of pre teens, saying they were around 10 and 12 at the time, stuffed a jackrabbit and added antlers, sell- selling the custom taxidermy to a local hotel for a reported $10 around oh. 1940, which would have been around $214.89 in today's dollars. They made Way more money than they spent on that thing
0: during the depression too. Yeah,
1: but ten dollars in the depression era—that's
0: that's a lot. They needed that money, and I'm willing to bet it was probably preteens because back then, preteen you're middle aged,
1: basically. Yeah, they didn't live that long, unfortunately. The hotel is reported to have been the Hotel Labonte. The hotel owner then prominently displayed the hybrid at the hotel bar, so their many visitors could gaze in amazement at the creature. And I'm sure the owner and or bartender came up with more than one story to explain the cryptid that was sitting on their counter. Oh, probably. I found an article on HCN.org that described the story of the two boys and how they thought to do such a thing in the first place. So, quote, One day, young Doug and Ralph Hernick went out roaming the Green Hills hunting for small game to supplement the family supper. Having bagged the jackal- the jackrabbit, the brothers returned home and tossed the hare's body onto the floor of their shop in preparation of skinning it. Because they had recently butchered a small deer in the shop, a modest pair of antlers already rested on the floor. By sheer coincidence that would change the boys' lives forever, the dead rabbit happened to slide up against the deer's horn, so it made it look like the or jackrabbit supported or sported the rack. There must then have been a long pause during which the boys stared at the accidental amalgam, Wondering what to make of it. Then the big brother, Doug, in a moment of inspiration, exclaimed, Let's mount that thing. Honestly, it sounds like a 10, or 10 and 12 or even teenager boy would come up with exactly just like that. They're like, somebody is going to love this thing. Let's do it. According to HCN.org, the jackalope is an oddball even among oddballs. Despite the animal's legendary moniker, a port mantou of jackrabbit and antelope, The jackalope is often made from the head of a cottontail rather than a jackrabbit, and mounts are rarely fabricated using the horns of the pronghorn antelope, the wider availability of deer antlers making them the preferred choice. And to complicate matters even further, the jackrabbit is actually not a rabbit, but a hare. So again, the name doesn't necessarily make sense. While the pronghorn is not an antelope, but instead is an artidactyl, ungulate, indigenous to North America the sole survivor of a specific species. And then it goes into a bunch of scientific stuff that I'm not going to go into because it has a lot of words that I don't feel like trying
0: to pronounce. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. Because we know that nothing excites our listeners more than a bunch of scientific factoids that they don't want to hear.
0: I know. So we're done. <laughs> We just have a pile of we just notes just <laughs> a pile of paper down
1: here. <laughs> so um, that is it. So I kind of went off the beaten path on our joint again. So you're
0: welcome. No, I enjoyed it. I can't follow rules. I enjoyed it. No, I didn't. I didn't tell you that we were going to do like amphibian ones. I told you what I was going to do because I was like. Honestly, you said the name
1: multiple times and I still didn't understand what you were saying. So I just went along with it. The
0: Loveland Frog, Yeah. You kept saying
1: it. The Loveland Frogman. The Loveland Frogman. I'm like, sure.
0: Yeah. I thought you would have known about it. Like, I don't. But now that I'm thinking about it, I don't, I don't remember. I've heard it from a podcast, but I don't remember which podcast. I have podcast. never heard of it. And it's been years. Of course they have t-shirts. They do have t-shirts. <laughs> they do have t-shirts. I know. If I had prepared for this, if I had known more than two days in advance that this is what <laughs> we're going to cover, uh, I would have gotten us t-shirts because that would have been cool. It would you, it though? Well, yeah, could you imagine, like, <laughs> having big-bootied Loveland Frogmen? Which I feel like it's it's not fair because a lot of these cryptids, people, like, make their own depiction of them, like, later on in life, especially now when people are really into cryptozoologist stuff and all of that thing. So they make their own depictions of it so that they can sell merch on, like, their Etsy sites and things like that. And every single time, they always got a juicy booty. If you look at like, um, uh, what's a good like Mothman? A lot of depictions of Mothman, he got a juicy ass. They have to make it appealing to the public. Mothman alone appealing. (laughs) Maybe, perhaps he swoops in when disaster's about to happen to try and save you.
1: Maybe I could, I, I could handle that. Maybe he's actually causing it and then pretending to save
0: the people but True. we won't get into we it. won't we'll get into like, that like, a, yeah that'll probably be a joint that we covered together kind of like bigfoot yeah like, that's so about much right. about it
1: you might uh, have to do the same thing with the vulnerable snowman if you're willing to cover it but we'll see we'll, we'll get to those we'll get they're, to those. they're, they're, they're yeah. big ones uh, yeah. um so that is it also i really wanted to cover the jackalope because i literally grew up hearing all about it and i never heard most of that like lore part of it so I got to research it and see it. But yeah, there's postcards and mounted heads all over the place whenever <laughs> I would visit with my family in South Dakota. So it's very, it's a very common thing. My mom would bring home postcards when she visited her family. So yeah, it's, um, it's a thing, but they don't really explain it. They're just like, here's a picture. You're well, welcome.
0: I didn't know anything about the jackalope. You didn't know anything about the Loveland Frogman. So good job, you. Great job, me. Yeah. You did amazing. I know. As always. <laughs> Great job, Kelsey.
1: Great job, Kelsey. For telling me I'm too loud. This is the first time you've Just ever been wait. too loud. Next week, we'll get right back to where it's always been of me being too quiet. That's true.
0: All right. We're not doing a sign off, right? You have our sign off? She's like, you do you. Okay. Well, un- until next time, we love you. We made it. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. The reaper will come for us all